batter up. Katie, Katie was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue. On a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show. But Miss Kate said, no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game, take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome into the Batter Up podcast, part of the Sports Insanity Network. I am Mike Griffin, joined by Mark Oldop, Sky Halpern, and Danny Boy Reginald Darange. Gentlemen, you smell that in the air? Ah. Oh, sorry, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, I don't think the Kentucky bluegrass smells that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Baseball Baseball season is in the air. Pitchers and catchers have reported. We have players reporting to spring training. And we're a little bit more than a month away from Major League Baseball starting with no lockout this time. Yes. All right. So we're going to jump around the league a little bit, talk about some news. We'll talk a little bit about the WBC. That'll start as well. Uh, but I want to start with something that happened in Milwaukee Brewers camp because there's a trend that seems to be happening and it has to do with value of certain players. So court, this is an article from Yahoo Sports. Excuse me. Uh, Corbin Burns, former Cy Young Award winner, says his relationship with the Brewers definitely hurt after the team blamed him in an arbitration hearing for missing the playoffs last year. I'm just trying to find some of the quotes here. Uh, ah. Here's how Burns said, I'm quoting here, they're trying to do what they can to win the hearing. But I think there were other ways they could have gone about it and probably been a little bit more respectful with how they went about it. At the end of the day, here we are. They obviously won it. Uh, There's no denying that the relationship is definitely hurt from what transpired over the last couple of weeks. There's really no way getting around that. Obviously, we're professionals, and we're going to go out there and do our job, keep doing what I can, can every fifth day that I go out there. But with some of the things that are said, for instance, basically putting me in the forefront of why we didn't make it to the postseason last year, that's something that probably doesn't need to be said. We could go about a hearing without having to do that close quote. Mark, we've read into this a little bit because we hear a lot of owners talk about the way Steve Cohen spends. And people are saying it's an unfair advantage, whatever. But here's a guy in Corbin Burns who MLB Network had as the best pitcher in baseball over the last couple of years. And here we are in an arbitration case, and the Brewers are blaming Corbin Burns for missing the playoffs. Well, you have to look at it this way. Um I understand what the Brewers were doing. They're trying to win the arbitration here. Corbin Burns is right. You didn't have to bring that up. He didn't have to do that to definitively call the win. Corbin Burns, as the number one pitcher over the last few years, he is definitely would not have been my pick as the number one pitcher. He's definitely in the top 10, just not number one. So what's going to happen and what, he is saying he's going to go out there and be professional. No, he's going to 
demand a trade at some point. You know, Hader left. Woodruff is not going to resign. I think he only has one to two more years. Corbin Burns is going to have a chance to cash out and get very either force a trade, come whether it's by the trade deadline or whatever, or ask for his outright release. And there is no way Milwaukee is going to be able to afford him going forward. Right now, this was what you traditionally would call putting your foot in your mouth. Dan. Request a trade now. That's it. Request a trade now. Don't sit there and take it like a man and go out there every fifth day being like, okay, I'm just going to do my job because I'm a team player. No, 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 no. They clearly don't respect you. That 294 ERA and an NL best 243 strikeouts last season after a Cy Young campaign in 2021. So then, if they don't respect you that much, and look, they're going to make this whole peachy argument bullshit about how it was more about the winning the arbitration. No, 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 no. They don't respect you. They don't respect you enough knowing that you're one of the top pitchers in the National League to give you an extra, what, 75 and change? Come on now. Request a trade now. Make their lives a living hell. Because let's be honest, it wasn't Burns that uh, blew up the season. It was the Brewers that blew up the season. Because they didn't go after anything in the trade deadline to make their team better. They traded their closer, who was a disaster in Milwaukee at the end of his time, but picked it up nicely in San Diego. So I don't want to hear that nonsense. Request a trade right now. Make their lives a living hell until they either trade you or release you, and then go to a team, an actual contender, that's going to respect you and want you and then possibly contend for championships. Because how can you sit there and take that BS and be nice about it? And look, he's probably a better person than me, but let's be real. How can you be so laid back about it? It's as if he's like, he likes to be bullied a little bit. He's like that kid in the playground that just accepts it. I wouldn't accept it. He's one of the best pitchers, arguably the best in the National League. And you made, you know, you made a very, very good argument. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. I was saying more into the season. You're saying right now we're both on the same page. Mike. I, I'm with Dan on this because, uh, I, you know, I'm lo- looking around searching the, the web here. The difference in what the arbitration numbers filed at were was $750,000. We're not talking they were $6 million apart. Yeah. We're talking $750,000, which is crazy. For, for owners of Major League Baseball, that's chunk change. They could afford it. So why... I think the thing that bothers me the most, Mark, and we've had this conversation, whether it be via text, Facebook Messenger, on the phone, is there are people who complain about how a Steve Cohen spends, whether you want to say it's reckless, not reckless, I don't care. It's just the funds. But <laughs> here's a here's an owner with the Milwaukee Brewers. You're fighting for $750,000 for a guy who won the Cy Young two years ago, who had a sub three ERA last year and was 12 and eight. And you have the audacity to blame him for missing the playoffs when in reality, it's your own fault because you traded Josh Hader for really pennies on the dollar. Christian Yelich, since he won the MVP, I don't know what he's become. Disaster. He has become a shell of himself over the last couple. You of years. know, so 
Corbin Burns has arguably turned into the face of the franchise. Which is correct. And you're going to disrespect that guy? If I was someone in Milwaukee, the only reason to go to a Brewers game once Corbin Burns gets traded, because he's probably going to get traded, is for the sausage races. That would be (laughs) the only reason to go. And maybe the occasional uh, watching the mascot go down the big slide after the home run, you know. I would be frustrated because if this is how we're going to treat a star player, what – forget big names, but what free agent wants to go to Milwaukee if you're going to treat your ace like this? See, now you bring in a very good point is – Times are changed. As you said, are owners angry at what Steve Cohen is doing in New York? Absolutely. However, Steve Cohen is not the first to do it. 20 years before, there was a legendary owner named George Steinbrenner who did the same thing. This is nothing new. It's just newer money. Let's put it that way. The Brewers organization has never had a problem spending money, as we have seen over the years. So the fight for three quarters of a million dollars for a person as Mike put is now the face of the franchise. Forget about Yelich, Ryan Braun, you know, long longer really doing what they used to do. Haters gone. Woodruff is not going to be there. So it all comes down to. To your point really quick. Woodruff is up after 2025. Okay. So I was right. Two years. Okay. Um, you now are looking at the fact that Corbin Burns was ranked as the number one player, a pitcher in baseball in the NL and in the league. He doesn't want to be there. It's obvious they started this. You know, they don't want him there. Is this to put out there, hey, let's see what you can offer, offer for Corbin Burns. You look at the Yankees. So Yankees are in the very desperate situation when it comes to pitching. Huge. Put up Corbin Burns. I, I would. You love could see the name Oswald Peraza or Jason Dominguez be what they want. And oh, no, 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 no. Are you talking about getting traded to the Brewers? I'm talking. Yes, I'm talking. No. To, get them, to bring get, Corbin in, it would take someone of that caliber. That's what uh, I'm saying. One of them for sure. Um, but if I'm the Yankees, I wouldn't budge. Are you kidding me? I would do everything and anything to get pennies for Burns. But because you if, would because well, 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 if the Yankees were smart, they would give they wouldn't give away their biggest prize. They, they would give maybe one low, lower tier like prospect for like future future some cash considerations for him okay and, yeah that, that, that's that's what i would do because um I, I i don't know if i would go the peraza route or the domingue it, it, to me that that's a bit much but but that might be what the brewers are saying it would take now a lot of that could be okay. contingent on so him, signing, him signing a contract extension. It, right. if, if the people in the front office, because the Yankees beef up their front office, if they were smart, Manaya, Sabian, Cashman, if they were smart, they wouldn't budge. That's all I'm saying. And I, I put it out there because I wanted to hear – because we have Dan here. Right. So, but no, obviously the, the Brewers are going to ask a lot and I'll right. be like, no. The Brewers are going to ask. Sorry, Mike. I'll, I'll the, make my point fast. No, go ahead. Make your yeah. point. The Brewers are going to ask for the absolute galaxy here. They're not going to accept our non existent planet anymore, which still is the biggest diss ever. Um, it's not going to be a, 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 a sugar deal that they're going to want. They're going to want everything they can get. They're going to try to Danny Ainge this. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not going to work. I would definitely think it's not that I don't know if it'll work or not. Like Dan just said, I definitely think you have to think teams, the Yankees, the Rays, the Angels, all will be in on this. Mike, go ahead. You, there is one team that has to make the move if he's on the block. And it has to show a value of winning. The one team who has to make this move, and you just said it, Mark, it's the Angels. Mm-hmm. If there is one team who has to make a Corbin Burns trade, it is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. One, so people could say it burns in Anaheim, but you got to show Mike Trout you have a commitment to winning. You have to show Shohei Otani, who you have to re-sign, that there is a commitment to winning. That's where I was going. With so exactly. if you can find a way, maybe it's Artie Moreno's mustache. Maybe it's season passes to Disney World, uh, Disneyland. I don't care. Corbin Burns has to be an angel. You also now, have to get that being said, too. he's going to wind up in California, but on the other side with the Dodgers. But that's a whole nother no, conversation. If I'm the Dodgers, I'd stay put. Kidding me? Because the Dodgers wind up doing things like this, and it, it pisses people off. Yeah, no, the Dodgers just stay put. They, 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 they're loaded enough. Like they're already a World Series contender, so I wouldn't necessarily do that. Um, Anaheim's a good place, you know. They're they're in a they're in a very particular spot to do it too. You have to give this fan base. Not it's not just Trout and Shohei; it's the fan base too, because they're craving for a winner. I mean, you're not wrong there. Trade Anthony Rendon's contract because he's Rendon. Oh. Worst contract in baseball, as we've said, for the last couple of years. I'm so glad the Nats got rid of that. I mean, think about this from an Angel perspective, and then we can move on really quickly. We can make an argument that the Angels have arguably the three worst contracts maybe of the last 10 or so years when you're talking the Josh Hamilton contract, the C.J. Wilson contract, and then this contract. I don't disagree with that at all. No. All right. So that's Corbin Burns. We'll see what happens with him. And the maybe a trade is brewing with the Brewers. Mm-hmm. All right. But since Dan's here and we're on a little bit of a time constraint with Dan, I'm going to jump to the WBC and the Yankees really quick. Okay. Yankees pitcher Nestor Cortez will not pitch in the WBC due to a grade two hamstring strain, as well as Yankee picture Frankie Montes underwent shoulder surgery, might miss the whole year. So, Dan, I will give you the floor on this. Uh, Montes is dog shit on, in the front porch. I'm not going to hold back on my language because Brian Cashman, once again, decided to – Make a trade for a pitcher, and he's been a disaster. So Montes can shove it. Let's be real. He can shove it. He's going to be out for the season? We just traded for you. Out for the season. Uh, Nestor, I'm very disappointed in that. Um, Look, uh, stuff happens. You know, there's nothing much you can do about it. But the fact of the matter is this. How he was training, how he was doing whatever off-season program, the fact that he did so much that he pulled a hamstring is very, very, very frustrating. Incredibly frustrating. Because we need Esther. He's the top of the rotation with uh, Rodon and Cole. And now we're forcing pitchers like Domingo Herman. And Luis Severino, Severino, who I'm very worried about because I know he has not lived up to any expectations. Didn't trust him to do it anyway. So that now you're going to put more pressure on him. You're going to put more pressure on Herman. Like these are pitchers that are not, you know, sexy enough, for lack of a better term, 
to get the job done. These are not like cool names. So I'm very, very disgusted um, by these Yankee injuries. It's not a good time to do it. Uh, I don't want any of my Yankees in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, why is it because they're Higashioka is there? Pull out right now. They don't even don't, get back to Tampa and train with the Yankees. Don't don't go with Team USA or whatever team you're on. Go to Tampa. Stay in Tampa. I don't want them anywhere near the World Baseball Classic. I'm going to watch the World Baseball Classic. It is a great event. I love it. I don't want my Yankees in there. None of them. You know, when you look at exactly how Dan said, it's a pa- he's a passionate Yankee fan. And we have had, being Mike and I being the Mets fans, before season troubles with players before, and the first one that comes to mind is Joanna Cespedes, who stepped off uh, into a hole on his horse ranch and ended his season with the Mets and that contract. I understand Dan's frustration. It's they traded to get Montes last year, brought him on. Now he's out for the season. What exactly Cortez was doing to cause a grade two level strain that's going to keep him out for one to two months is a problem. You traded away Jordan Montgomery, who had a, a who had a good season and he was a consistent pitcher. So your rotation that was supposed to look like Cole, Rendon, uh, Cortez, Possibly, you know, Montgomery would have been there and then possibly Severino, Montes, whatever, is now just Cole and Rendon right now. And that's scary. I mean, if I'm a not I'm not a Yankee fan, but if I'm a Yankee fan, I agree with Dan. Any other players you guys can't afford to lose. As the Mets part of this, my entire top nine except our pitchers are are out there. So watching injuries happen makes me nervous and sick. Mike. I know the events for the fans and the players love it. Yeah. It gets me injuries worry me too. Uh that that's what the coaches are gonna have to monitor. But I, I wanna follow up on something Dan said, and I'm gonna ask Dan a question. Because when you're talking about the Yankee rotation, and we knew going into the year in any order, it was gonna be Cole, Rodon, Nestor. That that's the top three after the year Nestor had. You brought up the name Luis Severino. I think Luis Severino is the ultimate X factor here for the Yankees. If he, arguments sake, with injuries aside here, if he's really good, the Yankees are going to be really good. If he's not really good, I'm not saying the Yankees would be bad, but they maybe they don't win the division because Toronto's staff is pitches exactly. better. I think Severino's the guy here who's the X factor, and then Herman you could do whatever with, but it comes with the depth. It does. Luis Severino, to me, he, at the very least, has to give quality starts almost every start. I'm not. I'm not too worried about him getting injured because we already know he's injured. He's going to miss some time eventually, and the Yankees are going to do whatever. Let me rephrase that: the Yankees should do whatever they can to give him some rest day. So, you know, maybe pull what a Tanaka did. If you instead of doing five days, maybe once in a while he'll go every six days and stuff, just so that he's not in that rhythm so much, uh, and could possibly um, have better results. Uh, or maybe they should do what they do in Japan and pitch once a week. I'm, I'll, I'll be all for that. But the thing with Severino that I'm most worried about is him going at least six. And he has not proven, me, proven to me to do that every single start. That's what scares me. So what I want him to do this season, the goal of this season, if you don't start off that way, that, that's fine. Beginning of the season, the teams are not going to be good anymore. Mid-season, I need six innings, three or less runs. If you give me four runs, 
okay, fine, we have the offense to back it up. Fine. Not a big deal. But aim for death three or less runs every six inning start. And then I think the Yankees will be in good shape. But losing Nestor sucks because now you're you're putting the pressure to do that. Now, if you had Nestor, the we know what Nestor can do. So now you have a top rotation, a top three rotation. You know it's going to bowl out every five days. And then you have the bottom end of the rotation, the tail end. And then, you know, the, the pressure is not so much on them to have to go out there every five days and give you six innings and then hope for the best. That that's not the situation I want the Yankees to be in. And it it, it, it is incredibly frustrating. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm tired of it. Nestor Cortez, not the only pitcher to pull out of the WBC for Team USA. Yep. Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw also will not pitch. And I smart mean, too. He, he and that's a said, smart move, right? He, he I mean, he's said, gearing up to actually win a World Series. So he even said, "I would love to do it, but I can't." I, I mean, I love Clayton Kershaw, but yeah, he he focus on the regular season. This is fine. Um, the U.S. will still have a pitching staff featuring Kyle Freeland, Merrill Kelly, Lance Lynn. Miles Michaelis, Brady Singer, and Adam Wainwright. So it's still a who's who in baseball. So <laughs> also, I had no idea Adam Wainwright was in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, shout yeah. out Adam Wainwright. But speaking of the WBC, play starts, I believe, March 7th. Uh, the 8th is when pool. A begins, so and that's in right. Taiwan. Yeah, so Pool A will be Chinese Taipei, Cuba, Italy, and Mark's favorite, the Kingdom of the Netherlands. Pool B will be Japan, Korea, China, and Australia. Going to be a fun one. Pool C, which takes place in Phoenix, the U.S., Canada, Mexico, and Colombia, and Pool D, which is Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Venezuela, Israel, and the Dominican Republic. That's the biggest one right there. I feel bad for Team Israel. Hey, we're going to win one. The Israelites are going to win one. I'm not saying they won't, but that's they a the, powerhouse. They have, had, they have had, they have legendary great Jewish second baseman Ian Kinsler coaching, and they even had Sandy Koufax there as a pump them up, you know, go, go Israel. For me, Israel participating is just an extra uh, notch in the belt. I love it. It's going to make it fun. It brings the whole world together. However, that last grouping that Mike did is absolutely killer. I'm really excited to see. I, I apologize. I'm really excited to see, obviously, Israel, because, you know, Israel is a very interesting, interesting team. I'm excited to see Great Britain. I, I, I don't know how that's going to look like. And they're going to compete against the teams in the Americas. So, you know, it's a, yeah. They allow them to use cricket bats. <laughs> I mean, if they have cricket bowlers. <laughs> Something tells me uh, there could be a few pitchers in the MLB who could do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, you know, the, the World Baseball Classic is filled with a lot of Major League Baseball players who are playing for these respective countries, um, obviously due to dissent from the family. So just to, you know. We're rooting for Team USA, and we're rooting for no one to get hurt. Yeah. Yes. Well, I got I got two teams in in, in on this. I have uh, USA have Puerto Rico. and Puerto Rico. Now I'm more in on Team USA because I was born in this country and I love America. But of course, you know my family out in Puerto Rico probably would want to see Puerto Rico win. So yeah, I have a soft spot, and I'm going to be rooting for them too. It's gonna be fun. I mean that that pool D with Puerto Rico, Venezuela, and the Dominican Republic, yeah, like it's gonna be dangerous. that is just it, oh. If you look at the rosters, it's 
there it's basically the MLB minor leagues with some MLB players in it <laughs> in that division in that pool sorry it's it's going to be spring training for all of them and every person who's a fan of every team is going to be holding their breath praying for no big injuries yeah it is the group of death and this is my last word for the day the group of death is that pool d and you're going to see a lot of talent go out there peace out folks see you later dan and take Uh, care don't forget to make me host (laughs) you got I, I mean, just looking at the Dominican Republic roster here, Sandy Alcantara, Johnny Cueto pitching, Christian Javier, who just got a contract extension with the Astros. And well-deserved, too. Well-deserved. Uh, Rafael Devers, who will win an MVP one year. Vlad Jr., Wander Franco. Robinson Cano, I wonder if he needs steroids still. <laughs> uh, Manny Machado, who we'll talk about in a minute. Juan Soto, Eloy Jimenez, like that's that's loaded. I believe Yachty's managing one of these teams. I heard that, but I don't know which one. When you look at the WBC, it's the Olympics of of baseball. That's that's what it really is. And, yeah, we're all hoping for no injuries. You know, nobody wants to see an injury, whether it's uh, Team USA all the way to, to Team Australia. It doesn't – nobody wants to see anybody get injured. But yeah, he's the manager of Puerto Rico. Okay. What I am more concerned about is everybody has just reported – there's a, we know you've been doing stuff in the off season to get in shape, et cetera. Well, at least some of you have, and it's still not enough time. So it makes me nervous as a Mets fan, knowing anything could cause a problem, but go team USA. Go will be managed by former brave giant Cardinal Mark DeRosa. So, I'm excited. That's about – it's actually a couple of weeks away from starting. But we mentioned Manny Machado, and he's in the news. He has told the San Diego Padres he will opt out of his 10-year, $300 million contract after the season. According to the San Diego Union Tribune, Machado has turned down a five-year, $105 million contract offer from the Padres. So, Mark, your initial reaction to Machado opting out, and then we could dive into some other stuff here with him. Okay. I'm not surprised. Players put in their contract always an opt-out early clause, and that's also only if the team will grant it. And players do this because – they don't know what their entire career is going to be like. They don't know where they're going to be in five years, but they want to have that option to be able to do what he's doing. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's doing this. I know Paul Goldschmidt won the National League MVP. And I love Paul Goldschmidt. I will never say a bad word about Paul Goldschmidt. The true National League MVP last year was Manny Machado. For this I, I reason and this reason only. They thought Fernando Tatis was coming back at some point last year. Then what happened? Bombshell. PD test. Failed. Misses the whole season. Doesn't play in the playoffs. The Padres still go to the National League Championship Series. Because Manny Machado was awesome. Yeah. I wondered this, and, and this happened as I read the – he turned down the five-year, $105 million deal from the Padres. I wonder if he's just done with Tatis. 
it's not a bad, bad question to ask. I think he doesn't like the fact that Tatis got paid more than him and Soto is going to get more than him. So he's taking his chance now to cash in. And he's 30 years old and he's a hell of a ball player. So. And, and it's not to say he doesn't deserve it. He has been one of the most consistent ball players in baseball over the last five to eight years. He's a top five third baseman in, in baseball. And the question it becomes, and because you and I are here, does he become a Met? As much as I would love him at third base, I think they're going to go make the play for Shohei, have to sign Pete, but they're going to be waiting for Soto. I think that is Steve Cohen's real target, and that's what they are going to pass on Machado. So... I, I'm going to use a little bit of logic. I don't do it off, but I'm going to use a little bit of logic. My gut tells me the Padres don't give up what they gave up for Soda without thinking they can get that done in an extension with Soda. I wonder if they just think, you know what? Which one do we choose here? Machado, Soto. Soto's younger. So if I could have a Soto, Tatis, oh, let's not forget they brought in Xander Bogarts Mm -hmm. as well. That becomes the nucleus of this team. And maybe we could convert Bogarts to third, or we can move – uh, Drake, Jake Cronenworth, the third. Well, that would be that's who I was going to say. Cronenworth, and then, and then you could just say to Machado, "Okay, you're going to opt out. See you later, dude. Don't you know?" Right, and you know where I think he's going to end up after all being said and done. The raw, uh, the I mean, I would love him, but he's going to be up. He's going to be in the other borough. The Yankees are going to get him because I think the Yankees have no choice. If he's opting out, the Yankees don't have to give up prospects. They have money coming off the books. They're going to have room for him, and it's going to be big pressure to go get him. Here's my question. Here's my question on the Yankees. Because I could see another team chiming in that I'll get to in a second. I've never seen the Yankees have this willingness under Hal Steinberg. We saw it under George, but think of the money in Stanton. Think of the money in Garrett Cole. Think of the money they just gave to Aaron Judge Carlos Rodon. Are they willing to spend another 300 here on Manny Machado? Because truth be told, that's probably what it's going to take. Yeah, and we know what daddy did 20 years ago money we said in the beginning of the podcast was different 20 years ago the look you'll never hear me say this more ever again but it's live so i have no choice to admit i'm saying the yankee fan base deserves better and you put machado there on a let's say an even six-year deal. I'm not going to talk numbers. I'm just going to say a six-year deal. Yankees go back up to being the top contender in the AL East, especially with, like you said, Bogart is out of Boston. Uh, the Rays... Let's rephrase. Who knows what the hell's going on in Boston? Right. I mean, you still have Toronto to fear about. Baltimore was... They're up and coming, but we don't know what to expect. Exactly. They were uh, not just a flash in the pan. They have something there. It's just, what are they going to be this year? The Tampa Rays are always around because yeah, they, they make just smart moves. swim and sneak up. Exactly. And then it's going to be between Toronto and New York. And I knew Toronto, not going to get him. He's coming to the Yankees. I'm calling it now. Soto becomes a Met. I'm calling that now. So I'm just going to – I'm going to throw out – I'm going to say the Soto's going to get extended by San Diego. That's just how I'm going to play this out. 
There are two things that I wonder about. I'm not counting the Yankees out of this, so I don't want Yankee fans coming at me saying you're a Yankee hater, whatever. I don't care, but I'm not never going to count the Yankees out of any free agent deal unless it's signing Jacoby Ellsbury again. I wonder I, two things. I wonder the Buck Showalter effect here. Remember Buck had him in Baltimore. And if he and Buck got along, maybe that helps the Mets out. I'm not sure. The other thing I wonder about, and there's kind of two teams in there that I'm going to mention. We talked a lot about the Giants and what they're going to spend and, and this and, and that. And the only thing they got out of this was, yeah, they got Mitch Hanniger and Michael Conforto. But they still don't have that guy. Arson Judge, who knows what Arson Judge becomes. You sign Manny Machado, if you're the Giants, put in the middle of that lineup, there's your thumper. It's another they haven't very had. possible landing spot, yes. The other one I'm going to throw out there, and, and this is going to sound really strange because they were really bad last year, but they spent a lot of money last year. Maggie's coming off the books in Detroit. Aye. And then you could go Machado, Javi Baez, potentially if Spencer Torkelson could pick he, it up, that'd be well, awesome. Torkelson, I know, is in spring training and is giving a shot to make the major league uh, team. And I think he's going to do it this, uh, you know, to start off the season. So you're not off. I mean, it's not crazy, but it's. With the like you said, with Miggy coming off the contract, they're gonna have to bring somebody in. But the question is, is Javi Baez gonna stay there? I think he's got one more year left. No, he sounded like a six year deal, didn't he? Yeah, I, will, I, will, I thought I it was four years. Up. I thought it was four years. So while Mike's Give looking that up, that up. Yeah, while you're looking that up, Miggy's gonna be on his farewell tour. You're not gonna do anything to upset that. If what a legend. If uh, Machado, it, let's say the Padres are out of it, it would take a lot of, you know, it would take a lot for them to be out of it with that team. But let's just say they can beef up by trading Machado halfway and then Machado agrees to go somewhere where maybe whatever. But you would have to think he would have to sign and sign a deal with wherever they want to trade. So I'm sure he has a full no trade clause. So by his son, six years, 140 okay. million. So my bad. All right. So he has. You know I know this. This will never happen. But I'm gonna play fantasy for a second. How cool would it be on one side of the infield to have Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado? Oh God! Like you can't hit. You're not getting a base hit to left field on the oh, ground. My. You put the Cardinals into it. I mean, you got. You just signed I'll throw the Cubs into this if they have a willingness to spend some money. Cubs would be more interesting, but I could I could see where the Cardinals would be going with it. But you would think you're taking Machado's glove out of the play because you're not going to replace Machado over Arenado. So no, you play Machado at shortstop. When was the last time you played shortstop in Baltimore? Probably. So, I mean, and make him the DH, if anything, if, if you can't play him in the field there. Listen, maybe he'd want to play shorts. I don't know. I'd have to ask. You'd have to ask him, but. Yeah. And it's still, it's a nice thought to think about, you know. Oh. Where is Machado going to go? And, you know, trying to be non-biased because we're Mets fans, you know. Yes, I would love to see him as a Met, but I don't see. I don't. What do you do with Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, and all that? Who, who are you have been saving up, and Beatty, you're getting the chance to see if Beatty's the real deal. But like you have said in our chats, Escobar is gone last year, and you could trade Beatty if you really wanted to do Machado. I. It's just. I think the other thing is how how deep are you willing to go on Machado? Like how many years are you? willing to give a 30-year-old? Is it six years? Is it eight years? 
you know, these 10 year deals just for me, they don't work. I don't like them. Right. And so, that's why we suggested Pete Alonso is going to get a six to eight year deal. I right. don't think it'll be a 10 year. I don't think Steve Cohen is going 10 years anymore. No, I don't think so either. I'm just, you know, throwing yeah. out arbitrary numbers. I, I also wonder this, like, like I just said, I wonder how big of a role Buck would play in a pursuit because. And I think that is the key though. Uh, yeah. I, I think if Buck, if Buck wants Manny and Manny would be willing to come play for Buck. Then he's going to get what he wants. Go after it. I'm not saying you have to do it. If the numbers become too much, you know, Steve Cohen said when he got introduced, I'm not going to spend like a drunken sailor. Now, sometimes I wish people would spend like a drunken sailor, but that's a whole nother conversation. We also have to remember Steve Cohen was offering another $300 million contract. So it's not the money no. that, that bothers him. It's not the money. He's, it's not even his own money being spent. His, he divert, made a diversion in his hedge fund to be part of the New York Mets. And that division just earned $2 billion in profit for the organization legally no bullshit no ponzi scheme legally no so he's man. not taking <laughs> it's not taking out of his wallet it's what's being earned for the organization to use as he said the league set the rules i'm following the rules he's not doing anything illegal yeah he said last year he wasn't gonna we knew what he was gonna do he will Listen, he wants to win. Right. And which, which, by the way, should be, I know we've got a little bit sidetracked here. Yeah. That should be what every owner wants to do. If you don't want to win, get out. Sell your franchise. Oakland. Oakland, Colorado, the Brewers. Go eat a hot dog in the stands for Pete's sake. I can, there are certain places, listen, there, baseball is the only sport where there's more of a luxury tax than a salary cap. You can spend up to whatever you want. Don't make this guy the bad guy because he's willing to go to places you're not willing to go. This was never a complaint when George Steinbrenner was around. This was never a complaint when, when the Red Sox were spending big money. This isn't a complaint when the Phillies spend big money. But it, it, it's a complaint because this guy comes in. But we'll see what happens with Machado and the Padres. I actually think the NLS is fascinating this year. It's going to be it, – it. All Go around ahead. baseball is going to be fun, but yeah, uh, the NL West will be interesting. You, you know, you got the Padres who actually beat the Dodgers in the division series last year. The Dodgers won 111 games, a franchise record. Who knows what the Giants look like? And the Diamondbacks should be better. Well, Quickly onto the what the Diamond the Diamondbacks brought Andrew Chafin in, and that to me was the probably the most oddest signing of the year. I, I I don't understand what is going on in the mind of Andrew Chafin, or we don't know what's going on in Arizona. I mean, I mean they they made a number of moves. You know, they, they haven't been quiet. No, they've done what they've had to do here. You know, just give me a sec. They brought Nevin Longoria, a couple of minor league deals. And Longo's there to be more of a veteran presence and help as a mentor and a leader. Right, and no one's going to sit there, if it, but if he's healthy? And if some of these young players they have who are coming up play By well. Jordan Lawler. Um, uh, Col- uh, Carol. Carol. Colby Carroll, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think you're right. They, they could be a pest. You know, so they're interested. And then 
the Rockies are the Rockies. I'm not going to put any faith into the Rockies unless they show it to me because Chris Bryant was hurt all last year. He needs to have a bounce back. And they just gave him that seven-year deal too. Yeah, and those young pitchers, Freeland, Marquez, those guys need to bounce back and pitch yep. to their capabilities. Oh, so that's the Rockies. Um, I mean, to close out, we could talk a little bit more on the offseason stuff we liked and didn't like. So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, what did you, you like? Know, obvi- obviously, as a Mets fan, I'm very excited to see what the Mets brought in. But you want to know what? We can't just talk about the Mets and the Yankees. We got to talk a little bit about what's been going on. The wisest decision, and we've already mentioned it a couple of times, Padres getting Xander Bogarts. I mean, I understand you, you're frustrated with what happened with Tatis last year, but it also shows you know you're going to get him back. We know Daddy's going to get him in line. And bringing in Xander Bogarts is just going to help you with that 20 games that Tatis is going to miss in the beginning of the season. The Padres are built like the Los Angeles Dodgers. This is why Mike, you pointed out that it's going to be very interesting in the NL West. This is basically the NLS. It's like a beefed up five, 10 year ago AL East. Yeah. The Bogarts, it was so interesting because all you heard was he's going back to boss. He's going back to boss. And then I think it was like 1230 in the morning, Jeff passing with the, oh, Xander Bogarts is going to San Diego. I mean, so to me, that was, you know, one of the more exciting moves. But I also understand it because Boston, look, we know Boston spends money, but not as much as they should. They also have to sign Raphael Devers next year. Well, they did that. They got that right here. I didn't uh, phrase it right. My bad. I'm lying. They knew they had to take care of Devers. Thank you. They knew. So they had to make a choice. I don't think you can say they got it wrong or got it right. I think both players were deserving of both contracts. Yeah, I love Devers. I think he will win an AL MVP. To me, the thing that bothers me about Boston not signing Bogarts is, remember when Boston was really good, and I'm talking those 07 and 11, those teams that won, the heart and soul of that team was Dustin Pedroia. Yes. Who, heck of a ball player. Xander Bogarts, to me, was kind of the new Dustin Pedroia. And he was the heart of the team. He was a guy you could rely on. He was clutch. He was a good defender. And you let that go. But then I look and see what else Boston did. Now, I'm not saying you have to go spend $700 million on two players. I spend wisely but to go pay Kenley Jansen Justin Turner got a one or two year deal and Corey Kluber man if we're talking 2016 2017 that's an all-star team yeah 2023 I, I you know Justin Turner you know I have a lot of love for Justin Turner you know came up with the Mets had very solid years with the Dodgers, you know, you know, offensively and defensively. And going to Boston, I think, was a wise move for him. Well, I think he'll benefit from the Green Monster for sure. Absolutely. But uh, it, to, to me, when I think of the Red Sox, I always think of the counter move to the Yankees. Like the Yankees spend big on Rodon. Okay, how are the Red Sox going to spend big? And they didn't do it. No, they, you know, one name that disappeared that you would thought the Red Sox might have made a play and a lot of other teams was J.D. Martinez. And, and he goes to the Dodgers. And he goes to the Dodgers, which now you look at Betts Freeman and uh, J.D. Martinez, obviously, Justin Turner and Trey Turner, the Turner boys have left to come to the East Coast, and J.D. Martinez went to the West Coast. So 
you know, six of half, one dozen of another, you know, whatever. And also no Cody Bellinger in the, with the Dodgers. Right. He, he got the, uh, he got waived and he signed a big one year deal with the Cubs. Right. And, and he's he going to, I think he's going to have a bounce back here too. I do too. Like, I think he'll benefit from Wrigley Field in the day, the wind blowing out. Yep. If I he, think that'll, that'll yeah. help him. Playing in Cincinnati a lot will help him. Playing in Milwaukee a lot will help him. And he have that year and he'll get paid again next year. He could have just needed a change of scenery. Yeah. Well, I mean, he came up. And he was, we knew from his minor league days, he was not going to be a flash in the pan. We thought this is what we didn't expect, but his career has turned into a mirror of Jerry Kalenic lately with, with the way he's been performing. So well, at he least changed he's the scenery. On a big league level. Well, you know, the change of scenery, like you said, is going to be a big help. And if he has the year like he did with the Dodgers during the, you know, 275, 25 home runs, 80-plus RBIs, I mean, it's possible. And the one other move that I don't think gets enough pub, and mainly because it happened really right after the season, was Jose Abreu to the White, uh, to the Astros. What a move, too. Like, the Astros win the World Series. They don't get much production out of first base because Trey Mancini struggling got there. Yuli Gurriel didn't have a great year. So what do they do? Oh, we'll upgrade. We're going to just sign Jose Abreu, who won the AL MVP a couple of years ago, and he he's near 300 every year. Right. Now think of that infield. Jose Abreu. Jose Altuve, Jeremy Pena, who just won the World Series MVP, and Alex Bregman. And the Astros, I think, made one of the best moves, and I'm just, this will be my last one, is re-signing Christian Javier. That, to me, I know you mentioned it at the beginning, but they did right by this kid after, after what he did for them in the playoffs and the series. A big factor in their uh, championship. Think about this. They lost Justin Verlander because he went, Verlander goes to the Mets. Their rotation still has Framber Valdez, Javier, Lance McCullers Jr. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. They are still really, really good. Oh, by the way, if they need a starter at the trade deadline, they'll go get them. Exactly. The Astros are not going to let last year be the one-year wonder again. Oh. They're, they're going to be – you know, I, the uh, scandal's done. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't the, either. The Astros are going to be a force for the next five to ten years. And Jeremy Pena is just another rookie in that organization who had a good last year, who's going to have a monstrous full season with them this year. I really think they are the team. I know they won the World Series, but they saw what the Rangers did, and the Rangers are going to get all this pub about signing Nate Evaldi, about signing Jacob deGrom, about signing Corey Seager last offseason, signing Simeon. You know the Michael Jordan meme, and I took that personally? That's the Astros this year. You're not going to talk about us? We won the World Series? Okay. We're still here. But, oh, I can't wait. Ah. Cannot wait. So this is our first new pod of Batter Up. It has been a fun hour. We're going to be bringing this is going to be our new live podcast during the week on Sundays. I'm excited. We're going to start division previews next week. So check us out. 
here on the on the SIN YouTube page. Check out all the SIN podcasts, Anchor, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the website, www.thesportsandsailingnetwork.com for great blogs, vlogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. But for Danny Boy, Reginald, Dan Ryans, Mark, Old Ops, Guy Halpern, I am Mike Rifkin. Thank you for tuning in to Batter Up, part of the Sports Insanity Network. Have a great Sunday, everyone, and namaste.